0: Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Romans chapter 6, Romans the 6th chapter, we're going to read one verse, number 4, Romans chapter 6, verse number 4, I hope that you've had a wonderful uh, Christmas holiday season and the new year and all of those things and now it's time to get back to having church and and letting God do what he's so good at doing. Scripture says, therefore. Underline that word. I've said it. Brother Greg Starks in his teaching of our Wednesday night classes has reminded us that therefore is a key word. You always want to stop and find out why it's there for, what it's there for. And so... To understand what Paul is about to say, you have to read it in the context of what he's already said. And that would involve going back actually to chapter 1 and beginning there because you have to read from 1 to 5 to get the feeling for where he's going. And then he takes a moment and pauses and reminds them of what has happened to them in their new birth experience. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. There are three key words that my spirit was attracted to and I want to draw them out to your consideration today and pray that God would help us receive uh, the wonderful engrafted Word of God. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We stand at the cusp of a new year, the threshold of a brand new year, and who would have ever dreamed that 2022 would be a reality in this setting? Now, I've been believing the Lord was going to come, and I, be, I still believe He's coming. But uh, it's hard to fathom that we are entering into 2022. And I understand that with every new year looms the many prospects and the many possibilities and hopes and expectations that all of us, I feel, nurture in our heart and our spirit. My wife was sharing something with me last evening when we were eating that I thought was rather humorous, uh, but she had seen some kind of uh, article about the traditions that were tied in with the new year uh, of black-eyed peas and cabbage and, and ham or pork. And uh, it was explaining where those traditions came from. And it's very interesting that some of those... Some, anybody here eat black-eyed peas on New Year's Day? Anybody eat cabbage on New Year's Day? Some of you are afraid to confess that. This is all right. It's, it's, for all of you at home, put your thumb up if you did. Uh I grew up in in a home where my mother, every New Year's Day, there was a certain meal that was going to be prepared and it included black eyed peas and cabbage and ham or something pork, uh, some kind of pork dish. Well, interesting thing is that the thinking behind that, the tradition of that was that black eyed peas represented coins and that if you wanted to have coins in your life, you eat these peas and my mother always put one out beside her plate for good luck. Bless you mom, you've taught me that. And, uh, and then cabbage is green, it's, it's for folding money, that's for the real good stuff that we all like. And then interesting thing is that the reason ham is such a predominant part of the New Year's meal is because a hog is an animal that roots forward, it does not back up. And if you're going to start the new year, the best way to start it is moving forward, not backing up. Now, she also told me, as I had a spoonful of lobster bisque in my hand, that lobster was the one thing that you don't eat on New Year's Day because lobsters are always backing up. So I've already messed up my new year. Not not really. I'm in trouble, but not. I'll get in trouble when I get home for telling all this. Whatever is brought to mind when we think of the new year, there's something about standing where we are today that speaks of so many possibilities and hopes. A few years ago, I started a practice. It was just one of those things that comes to you at the spur of a moment and an inspiration and I've tried to continue to operate by it, though there are times that I have not done it. But I, I, I was coming home from uh, being up here at the church on New Year's Eve, and I had always pulled into my driveway uh, with the front of my vehicle pointed at my house. But for whatever reason, I decided I was going to back into my driveway. And in my mind, I was thinking this. I don't want to start the new year backing up. So the best way to keep from doing that is get pointed in the right direction on the eve before. And I think there's a philosophy and a spirit there that perhaps should touch all of our lives. That we need to consider the posture that we're in and the direction that we're pointed when we come to the beginning of a new year. Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, every other way. I do not want to begin a new opportunity backing into it. I want to begin it walking into it. I want to begin it face first, looking ahead, understanding that God has great things for me and He has promised great things to me. Now a new year brings with it the hopes of new things and uh, for our lives and to our lives. There are new challenges and new opportunities and new experiences and hopefully new truths that we will discover and new ideals that will come to fruition. But to me, what the new year offers to us is that it presents us with the opportunity of turning over a new leaf, of starting fresh, of beginning Again, it's fascinating to me that humans are the only species of God's creation that even stop to observe a new year transition. The deer didn't. The fish didn't. Any other animal of the kingdoms do not stop to pause for that moment of moving from the old to the new. The stars did not change last night. But we humans have a different outlook and a different perspective because new, something that, that word is connected to our birth. It is connected to what God has envisioned and purpose for us. And that is that we would have fresh opportunity and new opportunities to grow and expand and enlarge and to improve and to draw closer to Him. What is there about the new year that brings such hope and such expectation and such fresh faith and high hopes? I believe that it represents the opportunity for a new page to life. A new chapter is about to be written. We have the opportunity. The page is blank. There's nothing there that's been uh, put down. As of this moment, I hope, uh, that there are no mistakes that have been recorded or there's no regrets that have already been written and, and there's no frustrations or failures that are there. Today we stand at the cusp of a new opportunity with a blank slate and the pen is there available for us to write the story. Or to be to to be involved in the writing of the story of our life, and because this new year represents a fresh new page to life, all of us cherish that. And whether we make a big deal out of it with resolutions or not, resolutions uh, are not all they're coped, uh, are made up to be, and I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. But most likely, for all of us sitting here today, we have not gone far enough into the year that we would need to turn that pin around and use the eraser. That we've not hurt somebody or we've not been hurt by somebody. The pages are not stained, they're not soiled, they're not dirty, they're not defiled. Life is not yet knotted and gnarled as it so often gets. There are no regrets yet. There are no remorses yet. It's just a clean page. This is why we make so much of the new year because it is a clean page. Whatever last year involved, whatever the past has been, we've turned the page and now there is this fresh opportunity, a fresh start and this unwritten page offers us a new chance at writing a story that would be perhaps better and more blessed and new opportunities and hopefully as of right now it's still unsoiled by the many things that have a way of touching and tarnishing our life and the pages of our life hurts and angers, and bitternesses, and resentments, and mistakes, and failures, and so forth. The many things that come in life, the storms uh, that affect us so severely. They've not written their hand or, or their story into our life. And the question today, though, is that how do we get from here, where we are with this blank page, This unsoiled page, this unmarred portion of life. How do we get from here to the end of another year and it be a better story than we've ever had written before? How do we get there? Without regrets, without corrupting the pages with viruses of doubt and fear and failure, and writing a story that will have a good ending. And not a sad one. But though we have a new page to life, there's a part of this that's not written yet. There's a part of this that's not understood. You see, the issue is not just having a blank page and a pen to write with. The real issue is the hand that's going to hold the pen that's going to write the story. And here's what I need you to understand this morning. It doesn't matter that we have a blank screen or a blank page or a blank book to work from. If the hand that's writing the story is still crippled and marred and bored down with issues and problems from the past, then it's very likely I'm going to continue to write the same storyline that I've been writing. You see, it's not just about having a new opportunity or a fresh page to life. The hand that's going to hold the pen that's going to write the story has got to be changed as well as the opportunity that has been presented to me to change the story. Something's got to happen with this person right here. And that's why today I want to talk to you about a new man or a renewed man for a new year. How can we change that? You see, if we have a new page of life, but the writer is still living in an old mindset. If we have a new page to life, and yet the writer is writing with the same messed up thinking, and the same messed up attitude, and the same messed up outlook how is that story going to wind up being any different than the story that's already been written? Amen. We will continue to write the same confusion. We'll continue to write the same dysfunction. We will repeat the same mistakes. We'll stumble into the same old sins and we will flounder in the same old failures if we don't focus on the hand that's holding the pen. That's why good resolutions fall flat because they are usually being written by the same damaged, flawed, marred hand that it's always been. And so it doesn't matter how good the resolution is. So I have come up with some doozies in my lifetime. I mean, I wish I could write a book on all the good resolutions. Now, I don't want you to read the chapters about how those resolutions turned out. Because most of them didn't turn out. Because the hand that was writing them was still hung up on some junk and stuff that if he would have let go of it and let it get it out of his life, it would have made a whole different story. It would have been so much easier to have written a better outcome. And so the key today to our new year is sitting inside of us right now. It's with us right now. And whatever this year unfolds, I am going to be an integral part of how that storyline writes out. So how can we change that aspect? How can we work on this man or this woman so that as I write the story this year, it will not be soiled by bitterness It will not be marred by 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 trying to control somebody or or trying to manipulate somebody. How can we write the story this year so that the story that unfolds is one that blesses everybody that reads it and everybody that's involved in it and everybody's happy to be a part of that. How do we write that storyline unless something happens to the writer himself? Amen. If the new page of the new year is to be better, if my life is to be orderly and cleaner and clearer and freer and brighter and more blessed, there will have to be a cleaner hand and there will have to be a more purposeful hand that is involved in the writing of my story. If the lines are to be less crooked, if my lines are to be less crabby, if my lines are to be less ill-tempered, if my lines are to be less surly or uncertain or divided or confused, it's going to take a new man or at least a renewed man that is writing the story. We need a radical cleansing of our minds and our spirits. And this is what I'm praying for. This is what I have begun this year praying for. That God, I want to write a story of life this year. I want you to empower me and enable me to write a story this year that will be the epic of my life. It will be the best chapter of my life. I don't want to go through another year of dealing with some of the same dysfunction and trouble that I've dealt with the last um, umpteen years of my life. So how do I change that? I have to work on the writer. I have to work on the man with the pen in his hand. And stop blaming everybody around me. If I had a better wife, if I had a better husband, if I had a better this, if I had a better that, quit blaming your surrounding. You're the one that's got the pen in your hand. They're not writing your story. I'm writing my story. So stop letting somebody else have that kind of influence over your life. That's one of the reasons I'm not on Facebook, just by the way, so you know. I'm not so insecure that I need somebody to give me a thumbs up every day so I know I'm doing okay. Now, if that offends you, I'm sorry, but we have become a socialized generation that if we get a thumbs down on something, it just blows our whole day. I'm not letting anybody have that kind of power over my life. I'm not letting anybody manipulate me because they've got a bad day and they want to say something and spill their guts out or dump their garbage on my page. Yeah, Amen. The pen's in your hand. So what kind of story am I going to write? Well, if I wanted to be better, then I'm going to need to be a better man. If I wanted to be more encouraging, then I'm going to have to be in a better place. If I wanted to come out better than it has been and not marred by the same failures and mistakes and stumblings and doubt and fear and anger and bitterness then I'm going to have to figure out what to do to change that hand that's writing that story so that when I get to the end of my year, I can look at that and say, God, thank you for a good year. Amen. Amen. We need to take a a new self into a new year to see new things. Write that down. Amen. Put that in your mental thoughts. A new self for the new year to experience new things. Amen. A new self, a fresh me. Not that old me. That's where our problems are. Too much of that old me is still showing up. And that is indicative that we do not understand what the new birth experience is really all about. Amen. If we take the old me into the new year, then I will continue to write the same narrative. I will repeat the same performance. I will relive the same dysfunction. I will live in the same fears and I'll write the same old lines. So how do I change the writer? This is in essence what Paul was addressing in Romans chapter 6. Now some of you may think I'm off my rocker, but just hang with me. Paul begins Romans in essence explaining the work of grace. What had happened since Christ had come and the new birth experience and he was Explaining to the Romans all that had transpired, this new abundant life. He's talked about justification and righteousness and, and all of these parts of life, the faith, uh, the work of faith and the result of justification and sin may have come through Adam, but now grace has come through Jesus Christ. And grace is the difference maker. Grace is what enables us to mount up over those things and not continually have to come back and repeat the same ordinances and the same ritual every day because the Old Testament law, sin was never taken care of. It would just rolled away. You brought a sacrifice, the sacrifice was accepted, You just pushed that sin away one year. But grace came along To deal with sin. Not just to roll it away. But to deal with it. So when you and I understand. What happens to us in the new birth experience. It enables us to live more fully and powerfully. And anointed lives. And to enjoy the blessings of God. And not look back over our year and say. Oh God I wish I hadn't. I wish that wasn't in that. I wish that wasn't part of my life. I wish that wasn't part of this chapter. Amen. The gift of grace, though like now, was misunderstood back then. Because when Paul started talking about this gift of grace, the thinkings of carnal men started running and down, down these pathways and they, so their argument became this. That grace covers everything. So it doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter what you did. Do. It doesn't matter that you sin. Grace covers everything. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. And so their thinking was that if grace abounds when I sin, then I'm doing God a favor by sinning. Because I'm a, now I know that sounds perverted to us, but that's the reality of how our world is living right now. That's how they justify their way of life. That's how they justify, they call themselves a Christian. And yet their lifestyle does not reflect being Christian. Their values do not reflect being Christian. And so basically what we're saying is because grace has come, then we have a blanket covering to do whatever we want. God's God, He's got it covered. He's going to take care of it. He's forgiven us and His mercy will cover us. read it it's in the book because when you listen you got to go back to verse one of chapter six to understand paul has just dealt with that issue of them saying well if grace is abounding then why can't we go ahead and sin because grace is going to abound that will bless god that will show how great god really is if if he's got greater opportunities to show his grace and paul begins the First verse of chapter 6 by saying, God forbid if that's the way you're thinking. If that's the way you're thinking, then you do not understand what happened to you at your new birth experience. Where sin abounded, grace superabounded. So it creates this mindset and this argument that grace covers everything. And it's true, God's grace is greater than anything else in the world. But it's never a license for me to do wrong. And here's the breakdown. If what Paul said was so, they said, then let us go on sinning. Let us go on doing the way we've been doing and living life like we've always lived. There's no real difference between us and the unbeliever. We have the same issues. For the more we sin, the more grace will abound, and therefore sin does not matter, for God will forgive anyway. And in fact, we can go further than that and say that sin is an excellent thing because it gives the grace of God a chance to operate. And the conclusion of their argument was this. Sin produces grace. And if sin produces grace, therefore sin is bound to be a good thing if it produces the greatest thing in the world. Now I know that sounds convoluted, but that's what Paul was dealing with. And the reality is we're dealing with that same mindset in our world right now. And it's because people do not understand what really happens in a new birth experience. And he recoiled from that. Paul said, no way. If you're thinking like that, God forbid. Have you never considered what happened to you in that new birth experience? And he mentions baptism. But baptism alone is not all there was to it. It was part of an experience that God wanted you and I to have a new birth. The death, the burial, the resurrection. Enjoying those aspects of what he came to do in our life. And so he's trying to bring them an understanding of this new birth experience. This is what helps you write a different story. This is what enables you to write the story that will please God and bring honor to God and not fill your mind with regrets. And when we understand what Paul says we find the key to how we can enter a new year ourselves. When we understand the new birth, because it holds a principle that we can ill afford to ignore or overlook. There are three key words that can spell the difference in our lives in 2022. And I want you to write these three words down in Romans six and four. There are three words. The first word is buried. Write it down, buried. The second word is raised or rise would be another term that we could use. Get up, rise up. The third word is newness. Newness of life. Let's start with the first one. The word buried. He said we are buried with Him In baptism unto death. But that really doesn't capture the true essence of what Paul was saying. Barclay translated that portion of the verse this way. He said we are buried with him through baptism until we die. Everybody say that with me, until we die. You see, the key to writing a better chapter to my life is knowing what burial and buried really means. You see, the truth is, when a lot of us come to God, all we do is we feel sorry for what we've done And we confess that we've done wrong, but we just kick a little dirt over it and we go on as if that's sufficient. And the Lord said, no, 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 that's not what the new birth experience is all about. The new birth or the rebirth or having a new birth in your life is going to involve a death of something. You bury it until it dies. So here's what I'm saying to you and to myself. If I want a better 22, then I need to bury some stuff in my life. And I need to put it so far under, it will never come to life again. You see, burial is the consequence of death. Something has died. And when it's dead, it needs to be buried, put away, cut off. We got to tether to some things. We still got it hooked on. We come to the altar and we pray and cry and slobber and, oh God, I'm so sorry for that. I'm so, but we still got it tethered to us. And so when we walk out, we carry it right back and sooner or later it catches back up to us. Paul said if you want to write a new story, if you want to write a better story to your life, then he said you're going to need to bury some stuff until it dies. What do I bury? I bury attitudes. Attitudes that continually cause conflict. Hello? Hello? Y'all can breathe. I didn't take all the oxygen out of the room. We need to bury mindsets, ways of thinking. We, we get in these ruts sometimes where we feel like everybody's against us, everybody hates us. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go crawl off in a corner and suck my thumb. And we want, we we put a lot of stuff out on Facebook. We want people to feel sorry for us. We don't want restoration because restoration would involve cutting some stuff off if you're going to be restored you're going to have to let some stuff die you're going to need to bury some stuff so this is what god started talking to me about friday night hughes you got some stuff you need to bury it doesn't need to come back to life this year you need to put some stuff underground and never give it life again and never allow it to rise back up in your life again you need to bury it until it's dead (laughs) Woo! bury it until it's dead now I know some of you have your halo on right now but I'm preaching to all of us I don't know a person in this room that probably doesn't have something in your life that if you could just bury it it would help you be a better person it would help you live for God more fully. You would live for God more abundantly. You see, burial is a seal that is set on the reality of what happened. Something died. You know why some things... I, I, I know that some things are never buried. They just kick dirt on them. For instance, the same language that I used when I didn't live for God? I'm still using it every once in a while now that I do live for God? That indicates to me that something hadn't really died yet. And if I keep having problems with some area of my life and I keep getting tripped up by some area of my life, then that means that I really haven't buried that. But if I will bury it, it will help me write a better story to my life in twenty twenty two. If there's a new man that's got the pen in his hand or a renewed man that's got the pen in his hand, then I am more likely to write a better story and write one that will be lived for and enjoyed than any other way that I know of. Amen. The problem with so many people is that they claim they buried it, but all they really did was just... Push it to the side or put a little dirt over it. If you're going to write a better story this coming year, then you and I need to bury some stuff. We need to bury some stuff. We've got to die to it so you don't continue to live in it. Cut it off. Have no more to do with it. We are not just dead to our former ways, but they are buried to us. Man, my mom and dad have been buried for several years. I am not going to go out there and dig up their remains, even though I would love to have them a part of my life right now. And when things die, we should leave them in the grave. If somebody's come to God and they've repented, whether you got over it or not, God has. So you need to figure out how to get over it because God has gotten over it and God has forgiven them and God will restore them. And so what I need to do is concentrate on writing my story and quit worrying about writing everybody else's story. I need to die to some things. I need to put it to death. Amen. I need to bury hurts. I need to bury hates. Amen. You're not helping anybody by hating somebody. You're not helping anybody by continuing to hurt them. Because you're only hurting yourself. You need to bury the hot-headedness that gets you into trouble. I need to bury my tongue that continually causes me trouble. Burial... It's where the starting of a new year and a better year starts. It begins at a graveyard where I put some things down and I put some things under and I don't let them come back to life. Amen. Number two, when we bury things, then we have the opportunity to rise or be raised up. The term speaks of awakening, it speaks literally of climbing up higher, of living on a higher plane, of ascending the heights, of growing in grace, of increasing in knowledge, of leading and living a better life, of mounting over the obstacles that come into my life, and soaring above the storm, that's what rising up Have means in my life. And that's what God intended for you and I. To rise up above those things. And not live among them. Amen. Rise. He said you're buried. Now we are raised to newness of life. We are raised up. Raised to a new life. Raised to a holy life. Raised above the dead things. Rise to a new way of life. When you rise, you will will be enabled to walk. And the word walk that is used here speaks of the course of a man's life or the tenor of his conduct. We behave ourselves. We lead and live a new and better life because we have buried some stuff. Some of us got things from our past that we still have kept alive. We got them in the closet somewhere in the back of the house. We need to bury it. Put it down. Put it away. Leave it there in the graveyard so that you can rise up above that and move to a higher realm of living. And then the third thing, and I'm closing. He talked about newness of life. Newness can only come when there has been a real death and burial and there has been the empowering in your life to rise up. Then and only then can you experience and know newness of life and the term literally means a new way of living a new way of thinking a new way of acting a new way of responding you see what I need to do is make sure that whatever has been causing me problems in the past that I've really buried it I need to bury that mindset I need to bury that negativity I need to bury that hatred I need to bury that bitterness I need to bury that hate. I need to bury all of those emotional things that have tormented and troubled my life so that I can rise up, so that I can stand on my feet, so that I can so that the entire tenor of my life can change, and now I can experience a new way of living. I experience joy. That is unbelievable. I experience peace like no other. I can experience the wonderful blessings of God. I can rejoice with you. And I can be glad when God blesses you. And I can also be glad and rejoice when God in turn blesses my life. You see we are motivated when we live in this new life by new principles. And we aim at new ends. And we bring forth new fruit. And we have a new heart. And we have a new spirit. And we have, most importantly, a new conversation. A new quality of life. Because we've experienced the new birth or the rebirth. Amen. We move and act with new principles and powers. Newness. I love that word, newness. Fresh. Without precedent. Not merely existence. But really living. And when this happens in my life, I, am, I buried some stuff. God empowers me in that burial to rise above. And I begin living a new way of life. When this happens, then you and I will be released from the infirmities and the weaknesses and the failures that have plagued our spiritual walk. And we will soar. Amen. We will soar. Praise God. Stand with me if you will. I want, the, I want the media team to help me out. There's some scriptures I want to throw up real quick before I let you go. Titus chapter 3, verse number 5. It says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. How? By the washing of of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. If you want a new year, start working on being a new man or a new woman. If you want the pages to be written with joy and gladness, then start praying, God, I need a renewing. First of all, I've got to bury some stuff. I'm, I know that and I'm going to do that. But I need to be renewed. I need that regenerative power working in my life. Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Metamorphosis transfigured by the renewing of your mind. You see, something can happen in my mind that will help me write a better story for this coming year. Come on, let's go to Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 10. He said, and having put, off, put on the new man, put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him in Ephesians 4 and 23. And it says, and be renewed. And be renewed and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. If you want a new year like no other year you've ever had, it's going to take a new man or a renewed man to write the story for this year. You know what, church? I don't know about you, but I made up my mind Friday night I want this year to be the best year that I've ever had. I want it to be your best year. I want it to be our church's best year. But we're not going to write that story with the crippled hand that often writes that storyline. I've got to be freed from some bitternesses. I've got to let go of some stuff that's crippled me to keep me from writing what I should be writing. I need to be renewed in the spirit of my mind. I need to be renewed in my heart. I need my attitude changed and my spirit adjusted. I, I want to bury some stuff because I'm tired of it plaguing my life. I want you to close your eyes, just bow your head. We're not going to linger long here, but I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And I hope this hasn't been too mean or heavy. I I, I certainly would not want you to interpret it as being mean because I've been preaching to myself today. But I will tell you that I do want and I do covet a better story and a greater story for greater life in 2022. I don't want it marred by failures and mistakes and attitudes and spirits. I I don't want it marred by hurt. I don't want it marred by jealousy or bitterness or, or rivalry. I don't want it marred by hurt feelings. You know, the best thing to do with a hurt is to bring it to the altar and leave it with God. Amen. The best thing to do with with a hurt is to bring it to God and let God be the one that deals with that. The best thing for me to do for 2022 is to look through the corridors and corners and the crevices and the back rooms of my own life and find out what is still living in that house that needs to be dead. And then come... And pray, God, I need you to renew my mind. I, I want to I bury this. I want to put it under. I want to kill it. I, I want it to die. I don't want it to keep living. I don't want it to have life in me. I don't want it to have control over my life anymore. Amen. Father, we need you right now. We're grateful for your mercy, we're thankful for grace. God, I don't know that I've felt more unworthy of standing in a pulpit than I do right now. I'm not here because I deserve it. I'm not here because I have earned the right. I'm not here because I've measured up in every way. But I do acknowledge my sin and my failures before you today. I acknowledge my attitude, my spirit. I acknowledge, Lord, that it's not somebody else. It's me, Lord, standing in the knee Prayer. It's me, Lord. I need you to touch my mind. I want to enter this year with a new attitude and a new outlook. I want my eyes, Lord, to be adjusted to a heavenly vision. I want to be able to see beyond the present moment, the chaos and the confusion. And I don't want to write anything into that story, Lord that would not bring honor to you or or please you. I don't want to continue to be bound by the same feelings and the same emotions and the same thought patterns and the same attitude. I need a I need a renewing today, God. I I need this year to begin with that renewing of my mind. I, I needed to begin with, with a burial, Lord. I, I need to put some things away. I need to let go of some things. I need to stop holding on to them so that I can move forward. God, I think sometimes we feel that if we hold on to it, it's going to hurt the person that we're holding on to it for or against, but it's not hurting anyone but ourselves. God, you're going to have to be the one that deals with that other party. I need you to help me deal with myself. And I don't need any encumbrances this year. I don't need any impediments this year. I don't need to drag up any more stuff. I don't need it to live anymore. I need it to die. I need it to die. Lord, I want to move forward this year. I want to move forward this year. I want to move upward. I want to be more like you. I want to draw closer to you. I want your spirit to be manifest in my life, Lord. I know that I'm human. I I recognize that. And I know that I'm not perfect. I recognize that, Lord. But I also realize that I'm not, I cannot excuse myself. In my behavior or my actions. Because I'm human. I need to find an altar. I need to repent. I need to make it right. I need to ask forgiveness. I need you to forgive me. I need my spirit to be washed. I want the hand that writes. Lord to not be crippled this year. By all of the garbage. And all of the baggage. That I have tried to hold on to. Help me to free my hands from those encumbrances, Lord, and so that I can rise up, I can rise above, I can mount to a new place, I can see farther and see more clearly and understand more fully what you have purposed and designed for my life. And Lord, most importantly, that I would truly experience in this coming year a newness to life, a newness to life, a new kind of life. Amen. We love you today, God. We love you today. I know these people love you, Lord. I know they do, or they would not have come to this place today. I know that this is a great day and it's a great opportunity. And I pray that somehow, as we begin this journey into 2022, that we will realize how important this new birth experience is in enabling us to live a new kind of life, an overcoming life, a victorious life. Lord, I pray for your help today. I praise you in Jesus' name. Would you lift your voice to the Lord right now before we leave this building? Praise God. Come on, everybody. Just just lift up your voice and praise the Lord for just a moment. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We bless you, Lord, today. We praise you, Lord, today. Praise God. I love all of you so much. I do pray that You will consider what the Word has said today. Not just me, but read it for yourself. It's in there. Amen. God's given us a way to live a better life. Let's take advantage of it. Let's write the best storyline that's ever been written in 2022. God bless you. Love you. We'll see you Wednesday night, God willing. And He doesn't come between now and then. Amen. Enjoy your family today. God bless you until we see you again.